Good day. You're listening to Free City Radio. This is the 108th edition of the program. It is Wednesday, the 4th of May, 2022. Thanks for being with us. I'm your host, Stefan Christoph in Montreal. On the program today, I'm going to be featuring uh, an interview that I did with Indigenous singer-songwriter Willie Mitchell. Uh, Willie Mitchell's work is featured on the Native North America series uh, that is released by Light and the Attic Records. Willie Mitchell has sang for many years, is originally from the Algonquin community of Kitiganzibi, Anishinaabek. This is a context we hear about within this interview. We hear Willie Mitchell talking about his childhood and the relationship of holding musical space between the indigenous communities that he toured in and non-indigenous performance spaces. This interview was recorded at Casa del Popolo a few years ago when Willie Mitchell performed at the venue on Saint Laurent Street here in Montreal. And I felt this was a really beautiful interview. Also, his songs are, are gorgeous. I'll feature a few in the podcast. Just a warning, uh, Willie Mitchell does speak about police violence and brutality that he experienced as an Indigenous youth. And I'm really honored and happy to share this exchange here on Free City Radio. So here's my conversation with Willie Mitchell. I'm with Willie Mitchell, um, who is one of the artists featured in the Native North America series uh, and uh, is performing this year at the Casa del Popolo um, as part of the Swanee Paripopolo Festival. Uh, Willie's uh, originally from Kitigan Zibi, uh, Algonquin artist, um, and we're sitting at the back of Casa. Hey, good day. Quick, quick. <laughs> How you doing? Yeah, good. Uh. Thanks for the time. Really appreciate no, it. Yeah. Thank so, you for the, for the interest. I've been following the Native North America project, and it's really special um, yeah. and amazing. So to start, I mean, this is a project spanning many decades, almost generations, um, in the sense that um, it is a project that is reissuing some recordings that, that, that you did um, at a younger age, but also now in the present, you're touring around and sharing your music, which is uh, mm. amazing. So could you just talk a bit about um, what it's been like to, to share your, your songs, your stories um, about the Algonquin experience, about the Indigenous experience? Um, today in Canada, there is more discussion and understanding about the struggles of Indigenous people. There's obviously a long way to go. Um, how has it been treating you? Well, it makes me proud, first of all, to to be able to be out out here and playing and, like you say, uh, uh, letting people hear my my songs from long ago. Mm-hmm. I do have a lot of new songs, but I don't play them yet because I haven't recorded them. And, okay. But I'm, I'm actually they're not really finished either. They're never finished until I I have them recorded. Sure. And, but uh, yeah, I, I I I was pretty active back in the '80s uh, when we lived in Valdor, and uh, we toured around. And that's when we did the Sweetgrass album. You recorded uh, your Sweetgrass album in this context uh, and within the festival that was happening. Could you talk about some of the issues uh, that that you were singing about? Some of the 
some of the lived experiences, some of the, the concerns uh, as an Algonquin, as an Indigenous artist that, that you were trying to, uh, to put out there as, as an artist then and also today as an artist? Well, Valdor, Valdor is known is known even today uh, having problems with racism and uh, even the police nowadays, you know, but I've met a lot of nice police officers and uh, they have families and I respect them deeply because they're human beings too and they have a job and it's a dangerous job. And the Indians, are, the Algonquins are they're getting uh, getting shafted by some police who are having having a bad time in their families or something like that. They're, they bring all that to work and they take it out on people. And they have to learn how to uh, separate that, their work from family life and stuff. But anyway, at the time of Sweetgrass, we were trying to bring awareness and love between the people and also to have more respect for the animals uh, because they, they used to have a, a moose parade every fall and people would line up their cars and dress them up with moose heads and put Christmas lights in the eyes and beer caps in the eyes or and silly the moose hats. Is a sacred animal. And, yeah, it's like a buffalo to us. Sure. So we were planning to make a video. Uh, we were going to get a, our own car and put a pig's head on on the hood yeah. there and stand on the car and play guitar, <laughs> kick the pig's head or kick it around. Or, so, in yeah, this context, I do that, sure. Yeah. But in this context, the 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 moose head being desecrated as a a, a, a sacred animal for Algonquin people. Mm. Um, we're talking about Valdor, Quebec, and close to Kitigan, Zibi, where, where you're originally from. It speaks to a lot of that um, historical cultural racism that Indigenous people have been facing in Quebec and all of what, what is called Canada. Um, so y you were singing about these issues, and, um, and you're still at it today. Um, could, you, could you talk a bit more about um, your experiences in Kitigan, Zibi, and how it shaped your work and your your words as an artist well i have there's one incident that happened in my life uh, everybody knows about that who knows me uh, i got this dimple here on my left cheek uh, from a police officer who passed away now he was a municipal police officer in maniwaki and this was january 23rd uh, 1969 we were we had our first band going, and we were all just. Uh, I was 15. My friend was uh, one of the oldest was 17, I think. He passed away now too. Uh, but um, we practiced maybe uh, two months, three months, and we learned a good handful of songs enough to do a, a show. So stuff like House and Rising Sun and stuff, you know. So anyway, uh, I made some posters. We decided we're going to do a show on the 24th, January 24th, 1969. But uh, uh, after I finished putting up my posters in town, uh, I was going home with a friend of mine. And uh, another kid that we knew, 
showed up in this back street in Winnemawkee, oh, the town. Okay. Right on the line, Gidaganzibi in Winnemawkee. Okay. And uh, he had two these two spotlights that he stole from a snowman. Okay. And he thought that they would look good on it the next night for the show. Uh, for the show. Okay. So we. Uh, Perhaps uh, we were borrowing the spotlights. Uh, yeah, uh, he would he would have brought them back if I told him. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I was standing there looking at them, and not not five seconds after the police comes around the corner and sees me with these in my hand. So he came down and uh, passed me real close and looked me in the eye, and he went a few yards further because my two friends, uh, well, not. My one friend was there, not that the other kid was there. Uh, anyway, that he went to them, and when I seen the brake lights, I decided to throw the lights down and run across the street into the the bush that was right there, across the street. But uh, it still had a ditch, and I had to get to the tree line. But there was a snowbank too. But I I cleared the, the snowbank after two shots and I was running up to my the knees. The officer was shooting at you? Yeah. And I was hopping in the snow and I, when, I, but when I got to the tree line I, f I heard the third shot but I felt funny and I was flying through the air in slow motion and I landed in the snow in slow motion and the snow was going like slow motion like that and I skid and I skid and I hit a small tree and I broke my collarbone and I came back to reality like and I was on my hands and knees and uh, I knew I got hit in the head and I started feeling around in my head and I felt the warm blood coming out of my yeah. face here so I stuck my finger in my face and I got up by myself that cop was standing there with his gun, I thought he was going to finish me off, actually. And uh, I went down a hill, continued down where I wanted to Walking. go. Yeah, but it seemed to stop the bleeding, but I started coughing up blood, too. And uh, I got to the house, and I rang the doorbell, and I didn't wait. I walked in, and a woman, a woman was coming, Mrs. Logue, poor Mrs. Logue. I pulled out my finger and I bled, bled all over her. And I said, uh, call me an ambulance. And I fell. And, uh, yeah. And you're here today. Thanks for sharing this story.
in a pool of blood and the steam is rising out all the ripping and the tearing crawling and the snarling survival is all about That's called Wolf Blood. I wrote that back in '93, and I was I was thinking when I was hearing on the news that they wanted to kill all the wolves in Canada and in the southern hemisphere of Canada. They wanted to eliminate all the wolves. And I don't know why they wanted to do that. Never heard any bad stories about them other than getting a cow now and then, but. They said they were coming into uh, villages too much, and well, they do. They do come in our village. They uh, take a dog once in a while, but they got to survive. So I, I got inspired by that to write this song. I, I, I when you when you tell that um, story and also the ideas behind choosing to write about the wolf it, it made me think a bit about the way that um you know also in the in the in the performance last night by willie thrasher who's also part of uh, native north america series of uh recordings the difference of the indigenous understanding of the land the sacredness of the land mm -hmm. um and as opposed to the way that you know oil companies, um, the Canadian governments, the provincial governments have been seeing the land as a, as a, something to be measured by dollars and cents, as opposed mm -hmm. to the sacred nature of, of land that you know indigenous people have spoken so forcefully about for generations and generations. How much of of this uh, you know? Obviously, it's a song about the wolf and this glorious creature. Um, but I, I'm sure that also there's uh, th this sort of thinking about of, of nature that I've heard also in other works that you've done. Uh -huh. People say they learn they learn things from my lyrics. I don't know what they learn, but uh, I have our time staying on one track when I'm writing a song, a, a topic. You know, I, I tend to drift to different things. And, it's more mystique, you might call it. I don't know. <laughs> it didn't. I didn't mean it to be like that. It mm. just uh, came out of the end. This, the way the words bounce to the music, maybe. Uh, just... Today, you're you're touring around with Willie Thrasher and and other Native artists, Indigenous artists, and 
your your very presence is saying so much uh, in terms of these songs being celebrated and also the fact it took so long for them to be celebrated. Yeah. 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 It, it, it was... It's still a, a big shock, yeah. musical shock to me, what Kevin has done for us. Uh, He's the one who curated that series? Yeah. He's been working with yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, he, like I said, he found uh, that old Sweetgrass album in an old bookstore, I think, and uh, he did the, the oh, cover. Wow, I, did, I didn't know this. The cover was uh, appealing to him, he said, and he picked it up and gave it what a listen. What was on the cover? A, a clo very close-up picture of a birch bark tree. Okay. Uh, and it looked like two eyes, two eyeballs, the bu the sap bubbles sure. there. Yeah, and the black stripes there and everything. People would look at it and they didn't know what it was at first, but then they slowly realized, okay, birch tree, yeah. Okay. And then I drew a, a design of a circle with a peace pipe and the sunset and four feathers and... Sweetgrass music written on there. Uh, I believe that in the day, I believe Sweetgrass music was any song that was written about the land or the animals or spirits or ceremonies. Or, that's Sweetgrass music. Uh, anything that can educate um, non-Indian people, um, they appreciate it. They learn they learn things from my lyrics, I guess. Some history or something, I don't know. Really. But they like it. <laughs> and I'm really glad to be back. What are some of the... This. I'm sorry. Oh, thank you. What are some of the, the stories from history that you're wanting to share with people? Oh. Um, through your music. Oh, it's uh, hard to say. Sure, there's some. Uh, it's hard to say that question. I don't really write about particular things, it seems like to me. It's kind of puzzling to myself. It's like a mood, moods. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know how an example. Uh, like one day I was sitting there and I, I, I heard a birch bark, a piece of birch bark was rattling in the wind. Birch bark rattling in the wind. It had a nice little rhythm to the to the words, so I, I put it into birch bark letter. Uh, birch bark letter. I, I wrote it uh, when I was working in the bush one time. Uh, I was way in the bush. I, I took a piece of birch that I found and I cut it cut it square, a rectangle, and I I wrote a letter on it to my late mom. And my ex-girlfriend, my, my first daughter, my first child's mom. Um, I, I sent them, I put, put stamps on them and I sent them and they both received them. And uh, Amazing. that's why I wrote the Birchbark letter. <laughs> so it's an actual letter too. <laughs> Well, Obviously. my brother found my late mom's, and he gave it to me last year. Wow. But I, I forgot it at his house again. But it's still there. Nice. I'm gonna put it with my collection of things that uh, my stuff, like my Telecaster, uh, is gonna be donated to uh, Kitagon ZB Museum. We have a cultural museum there. Okay. 
like Gino Ojic's uh, first ho hockey stick and his NHL hockey stick, his jersey and all his trophies and stuff. They have cases for each uh, person and uh, it's going to be there forever uh, wow. for people to come and look at. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm proud of that. Sure. Well, I thank you too. Yeah, uh, thanks, thanks for the conversation. You're right. It. You're very welcome. Yeah, thanks so much. That was an interview with Indigenous singer-songwriter Willie Mitchell. He is featured on the Native North America series released by Light in the Attic Records. I would encourage you to look up that release series. It's beautiful. Willie Mitchell, originally from Kitaganzibi Anishinaabek of the Algonquin Nation. And it was a pleasure to feature Willie here on Free City Radio. This is an interview from the archives. I thought it would be important to play this one again. We'll go with some music by Willie Mitchell. And I encourage you to look up his work. And thank you again to Willie for speaking with me. And I hope you're all doing well out there. Uh, Free City Radio has a new podcast every Wednesday. And I'll talk to you next week. Take care. Son of the sun, son of the earth, the soul of life, the children of the world, daughters of starlight, and daughters of mirth, sisters of sunlight, sisters of earth, brothers of nature, brothers of old, brothers of legend. The story untold I had a dream A mile of cold They laid to rest With a gun and a sword Buried the hatchet Buried the snake Bowed to each other the earth supplies and nature feeds, but we turn and quake for artificial needs. Come down to earth and stay a while. The sun is shining, just sit there and smile. I'm a brown-skinned man That's what I am Got a guitar and a drum That's where I come from Spirit of the sun Spirit of the sea Worthy of a shadow Come shine down on me nature, brothers of old, brothers of legend, and the story untold, daughters of starlight, daughters of birth.
sunlight My sisters to birth I had a dream A mile ago They made you rest With gun and a sword Bow to each other Peace to make Oh, son of the sun Girl, with sweet grass in her hair. 